Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you this fine California afternoon? <laughs> Wait, I'm well, first off, I'm fine, Dave. And why... Why are you able to comment on a fine California afternoon? Because, Tracy, yesterday I just completed my 36 hours in three days uh, drive to California for my and, and you're just not you're just not a tourist in our fine state. No, no, no. That... I, I, I have I have uh, I have returned. Uh, <gasps> I'm like Douglas MacArthur landing back in the Philippines. <laughs> Everyone knows that reference. Yeah, um, I, and if they don't, they should. I feel kind of a movement in the force a little. Yeah. I think everyone gets that better. Um, yeah. you wow, feel, you Dave. You feel a movement in your bowels. That uh, movements in various places. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, it's true. This is really exciting. I'm excited. I think I, you should be. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to have a few drinks tonight for yeah, you. Yeah, the world should rejoice. Yeah. How was that, how was that drive with children? Uh, it was long. 36 hours and three days and two long. children in the back. Now, yeah, so a seven and a four um, who are engaged in a uh, rousing uh, amount of sibling rivalry at the moment. So okay. if my voice if my voice sounds maybe a little rough, a little hoarse, uh, that was that was me parenting at a uh, at a at a high level. And by a high level, I mean at a at top volume level. Uh, yeah. throughout the drive. Um, when you were a kid, I re- see, I grew up, I'm a lot older than you in the 60s. I remember, I remember my dad being his reach, how long his reach was. Oh, yeah. That reach. Yeah, and you've got, I always you've got position arms. myself. Yeah. Yeah. I always knew how far my dad's reach was. Yeah. In the backseat. Yeah. You, you've got two things. You've got dad strength, which only grows as your children grow. Um, like, I can, I can... You know how like when little babies are little babies, it's exhausting to hold them. I think it's because your dad's strength isn't yet in full force. Because now I can pick up both of my kids at once, and it's no trouble. Like I could carry them like that for an hour; it'd be fine. Um, and it's like a combined hundred pounds. But like a little baby couldn't do it. You got dad's strength. You've also got dad reach. You know, you can you yeah. you can you can sit and still be driving and like not even have to lean back, and you can grab them. You know, yeah. Make sure yeah. they're not they're not you know, beating each other. Yeah. I, I have a lot of um, discussions with various fathers that say, Hey, you know, you seem like a good father. What would be, what would, what would be your suggestion? Why didn't I basically say an, an element of fear? Yeah. They have to, they have to, there has to be a little bit of fear. You know, I used to yeah. like discount that a little bit with, yeah. um, you know, because a lot of like the the you know male dominated leadership roles, they say, oh, you you know your people have to fear you a little, and I was always like, ah, oh, no, they don't. They do. Like they really yeah. do. There's got to be a little bit of it, not a lot. Yeah. A lot you're getting into too much, but you've got to be able to like raise the volume a little bit and have things instantly yeah. stop. I mean, not not fear of physical violence in any way. I'm no, we're no, not no. advocating that. I mean, just I remember my daughter remembers this. She's 24 now. She was four years old. And I just remember this because we were in a gap. And remember gap used to have that fake kind of wood floor. Yeah. And for whatever reason, my daughter had big feet (laughs) and we said, we're doing something. And she said, no. And she stomped her foot on that wood floor and it was really loud. So I said, Hey, come here. And I took her outside. We're in a mall. I said, we do not do that in public in our in our family. Do you understand me? And just that that little bit right there scared her. She it, she said that really sent a message to me. I, she says she always remembered that, and I do too because those damn feet were so big. Yeah, well, no, you've got to be able to um, get to, and it's not even necessarily the volume; it's the voice of God. You know, you yeah. gotta you gotta hit that like that tone. Um, they see you transform. They see your yeah, yeah. face a little. The whole yeah, yeah. energy is it's, different. It's, yeah. it's a righteous kind of, you know, I wouldn't say fury, but it's, you know, adjacent. It's, right. it's, it's the righteous, you know, voice of God. Fury adjacent. Okay. So anyway, we're recording this from the same time zone for once. So wow, ma- maybe the energy amazing. levels will be, you know, good. Yeah, for both of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
There, we are in the middle of a what you would say, kind of a morass. I I don't even know a melu of strangeness um, in yes. college sports. Yes, a menagerie. Um, <laughs> are there animals involved? Maybe. Okay. Um, and you know, I wrote that thing, uh, the the facts about UCLA's football season, because we had so many people asking the same questions, and I think there were about twenty questions in there. I ran it up to about twenty. And I think about 17 of them start out with, well, actually, that's to be determined. <laughs> yeah. We don't know about a lot of things. Um, and as we gain information, it comes out in little bits of – it just trickles out from different sources who kind of don't know fully themselves. So I think that's every, kind of where we stand. I think everyone top to bottom in this entire world right now um, is waiting for somebody to make a decision. And I think yeah. at every level, everyone is waiting for somebody else to make a decision. Um, and there's a lot of kicking the can down the road. Um, so we saw uh, this week the Big Ten and the Pac-12 both announcing that they are going conference only, which a lot of people are getting hung up on it and like, well, what's the difference between non-conference and conference? And I, that is a part of it, I think, that the testing protocols might be different between group of five and power five and so on and so forth. But I think a bigger part of it is it kicks the can down the road. It makes the decision, okay, we don't have to decide on whether or not we're postponing the entire season or canceling it outright uh, for another couple of weeks because we can say, okay, non-conference, which is typically the first couple of weeks of the season, uh, we're not doing that anymore. Um, So it allows you to then start in August for fall camp and start the season at the end of September rather than earlier, um, but it is just a delaying tactic. At least that, from my estimation, that's what it looks like to me. Well, they're doing, it in, they're doing it in stages. They think they're being prudent. I mean, the SEC will follow through and do it. Other, all the other power fives will come yeah, through. Yeah, everybody's going to do it, everybody. But everyone's pretty much, anyone who has any kind of it plugged into this at all is just saying, no, no, it, it's, it's going to, the fall football season, college football season is going to get canceled but postponed until spring i haven't heard anyone dissent from that in a couple of weeks and actually just in the last two days it's really intensified so i just saw a twitter thread from ethan young who's an actual you know uh, you know fairly muckety muck with the ucla football program tweeting about I think on, how, his, on his card it says muckety muck muckety muck whatever he does the director of yeah. recruiting um he uh, was tweeting out just his own opinion that the NCAA needs to kind of step in and provide some direction on starting a spring season, working it out, figuring out how to negotiate with the NFL to make it so that it works with the NFL's you know draft and combine schedule so that eligible seniors would actually play um, in a spring college football season because it would be good for them too, especially the ones who are you know iffy on their prospect status. Um, but you've got people who are actually within these programs now starting to make their own public noise about let's just do this and get it over to spring so we can actually plan this accordingly. Um, so give I, me, give it to me. I mean, I'm kind of reviewing what Mr. Young, he, he's basically saying it, we, we need better direction from the NCA, more leadership. It's, uh, the season's going to be postponed till spring, right? Yeah. Those are the bullet points. Yeah. And then the next season will start in October 2021. Um, I don't think he got that far, I, at least when I was reading. But that was that's kind of my idea because you would just – I think he did. I just read it. Yeah, yeah, all you need to do – because I, a lot of people who I think were very, very invested in there being a fall season were trying to poo-poo a spring season, like a lot of pundits types this week um, or last week, I should say. Um, but it's not that hard. It just makes the next two seasons instead of the next one season kind of weird. But you would just make this coming season a spring season, say start middle to end of January, carry it through to, you know, late March, early April. And then you would start the next season and yeah, like October or November. And then that one carries over to January, February. And then you can actually just start the next one on time. Um, And it doesn't that doesn't disrupt that much. Even the second season, it wouldn't require that many accommodations with the NFL. Um, It would just be and within three seasons, you're back to normal. And there, I think the big thing is there's no way a season's getting played this year, like this fall. Um, it just, it, it, there's too many parts of this that just wouldn't work. And all of these big time programs like Ohio State, 
I mean, they just started them up again, but canceling their voluntary workouts because of a few positive tests, it, there's just too many factors here. These programs and these states have not worked out in any real way, and it just it's not feasible. Um, I'm I'm scanning. What did Mr. Young say about uh, uh, potential NFL kind of uh, for college players who want to get into who see themselves as NFL? Oh, he, was, he, was, he was pushing the idea that you would just move the draft and move all the evaluation stuff because the NFL would want to do that too because they want film on the guys they're going to draft. They want as much right. film as possible. So um, they would probably be inclined to work with the NCAA, but only if um, they kind of get on it you know, and start working right. out the details of all of that now. Um, because there's also like there's still a very real chance the NFL doesn't happen. Um, and I know that's something that's, I think, considerably more likely than college game, but a lot of mayors of cities, I mean, and look at the way California is going, um, maybe the NFL at some level happens, but it wouldn't be a shock to me if certain teams are just not playing. Um, and I think that's something that has to be considered as well, because the NFL might be dealing with its own issues that make it even more accommodating for whatever the college game sets up. So what do we think about, um, College football doesn't happen, but college. So this is what I've this is what I've heard uh, about first college football is that it would be a it, it would be a spring sport. It would it would start after after March Madness, <laughs> if there is a March Madness. But they would they would schedule it like that, thinking that there would be a March Madness. They want to make they don't want those two like the the beginning of a new college football season to overlap with the NCAA basketball tournament. So it would start in April. Um, so that leads you to believe in everything we've been saying is what do you think about the viability of a college basketball season? So I think um, a college basketball season starting on time. Uh, no, everything, every scenario, not, I mean, UCLA's first game would be first week of November, but maybe no, putting that back, adapting a schedule, conference only schedule, anything. What do you think? I would like, uh, so I think, um, the likelihood is probably better than college football. Um, for a variety of reasons. Um, I think you can get a little bit more. Um, tightened down with that number of players um, and the, you know, assorted staff and everything involved. Um, I think you still, at co the college level, you're still running into the same challenges though, because the NBA, so the NBA, from all of my look around at the different sporting, you know, attempts, the different, you know, leagues trying to play this fall, the NBA looks the most viable um, because they've more or less got that bubble. Yeah, there have been some issues with it already. But they've got it more or less set up, and they've got a small enough group of people that it's not as hard to regulate it. Um, but the college game can't do that. Um, these are still kids who have to like do class, and they're still going to party, and you can't keep them in one place forever. Um, they're not paid. You know, all this different stuff. Um, so there are some inherent challenges, but I think the numbers make it a little bit, I don't know, potentially more manageable. Um, there's... I still have some real issues with it potentially starting in November. I think it would have to be again, probably something that starts in the new year um, because that's, that's just very close to right now. Um, and we'll have to see, how the, we'll have to see how the current outbreak goes um, because, you know, they were able to knock down the spring one that was in the Northeast. Um, but, you know, we, we aren't really seeing much abatement with um, what's going on in California, Texas, Arizona, and Florida right now. So those those four states house a lot of college teams, um, and it's going to be tough to – and that's not to discount. Like throughout the country, there, there are kind of mini outbreaks in a bunch of states right now, basically everywhere besides the Northeast. Um, so, so everyone, all 360 D1 teams just moved in the more Northeast? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, do the bubble in Buffalo. Um <laughs> Yeah, but it's just, I, I think it's just going to have, it's, everything is in wait and see. Um, and could you do a conference season um, with basketball a little bit easier than you can do it with football? Probably. Um, just less p people to manage. Yeah, it's I mean, just way less you, people to manage. Um, yeah. And 
the thing is, like something like um, March Madness, if you could dump all the people into a single area, um, you know, I don't know what kind of setup you would need. It would need to be like one of those really awful AAU venues where you've got like 15 courts in a single area. Um, but it would need to be something like that. Like, I don't think you could do it all over the country in all these different I, sites. I think, I think where it's possible, they should just play games outside. <laughs> well, that's the thing with basketball is you can do it. I mean, we saw that. What was that awful game that one, or I think they do it actually now pretty regularly, but we were watching it at like, um, that sushi joint, uh, sugar. Yeah. We were watching yeah. uh, them play on an aircraft carrier. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, was did it cool. was it was it really good basketball? No, did the wind carry the ball sometimes? Yeah, but was it ba- but was it basketball? It was basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was cold, wasn't it? Really cold. Don't it you? looked really cold. I mean, yeah. it was like a November game. So, and I mean, let's say they do it inside. They can they can bring in some engineers to come up with some brilliant, you know, air circulation techniques that are going to just circulate that air so like it's practically outside on the court. Right. Yeah. There's just there's these big winds. It looks like a Beyonce video. You know, there's a big wind hitting every but then, guy. But then all you're small. doing is bringing the outside in, and so why not just play it outside? Uh, that's. I think that would be really. You're not going to have fans, probably, right? Yeah. No. Just play at blacktop. Play it. in Venice. Play at Venice Beach. Yeah, that'd be you, cool. UCLA's home court. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, but anyway, I mean, November, I think will be tough. Um, so I, I think again, it, it behooves them to maybe get proactive with the planning, um, to kind of coincide properly with the football season. Um, I I'm kind of surprised that the TV networks haven't taken more of a, you know, leadership role here in trying to figure this out. Um, I think they're so desperate for the inventory in fall that it's kind of, um, keeping them from being, uh, proactive and smart about the whole thing, but figuring out a way to get a bunch of inventory in spring, I think is going to be ideal. Cause that's, you know, it, is the NBA going to be playing in the spring if they're doing their bubble stuff now? Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of interesting ramifications of just the way the schedules are working out with all these, all these leagues. Right. And then the early, the 2021 early entrance that enroll at UCLA, let's say in winter or spring. Yeah. I mean, I see no reason why they're not eligible to play. Correct. They should be. Um, especially if there's some risk that, um, draft eligible seniors are not going to play. Um, you know, you should have everybody who's eligible in the program, but then how does that affect their eligibility for future seasons? Does this count as, you know, does this count as one of their counting years? Um, and then if they play again in the fall winter season that's coming up, does that count as their second season? And so will, they, think, ha- will they have completed two seasons as yeah. a UCLA player before they've been in school a full year? Well, you still have that red shirt deal. You still probably keep it at a certain amount of games so they could play upwards. Let's just say throughout a number like it currently is four games. You could play four games and still get your red shirt for a lot of high school players who think they want to get they want to get their eligibility to the NFL moving as fast as possible. I think they would think that's great, <laughs> right? I'm going to get three seasons under my belt really fast. Yeah. That would probably be their mentality. Um, and then there's the, then there's the issue about scholarship limits. They would, uh, the NCAA would absolutely have to loosen that up, but that place places a pretty sizable financial burden on athletic departments. If you're carrying upward, let's just say, it goes from 85 to 110. Yeah. Something, I don't know if a lot of programs could do that, especially after <laughs> the financial hits they've been taking. Well, so th- that, w- that would be an interesting thing to see how that evolves. Yeah, and that's the other thing is I have no idea what's what the what the – what everything will look like in terms of how do you even fund a lot of these endeavors if you don't have fall football? Um, because a lot of these athletic departments are basically, I don't know, hand to mouth or, um, paycheck to paycheck. Um, a lot of them are in really bad budget situations. Just generally they're operating, you know, just in the black or in the red. Um, and something like losing fall football, um, and the assorted TV contracts and all these, uh, and 
you know, IMG, it wasn't just UCLA that they tried to dip their deal with. It's everybody um, that they have a contract with in the Pac-12 at least. Um, right. But losing out on all of this money, um, there's going to – I mean, some athletic departments are essentially going to go under, um, and they're going to cut not just the non-revenue sports, but I still am going to hold with my prediction that I made like, I don't know, five months ago. Uh, some FBS programs getting cut. Like, yeah, group of five, power five, but at least one's getting cut. Um, and what's it going to look like? I mean, UCLA's financial straits aren't great. Now, the thing with UCLA is there's financial backing. There's probably some element of the, the campus still being relatively well off that they're not going to let the athletic department completely sink. But some just still, another another loan like that. nineteen million. Yeah, it'll be a huge loan that'll take a lot to pay back. And it might it might actually seriously affect what non-revenue sports are offered after a certain point and also what they can pay future coaches, but the athletic department will still be there. Um, but just looking up the, up the coast a little bit, Cal, um, they've been in bad financial straits for a lot longer than UCLA. Um, and they're getting hit with the same problems that UCLA is getting hit with under armor IMG. Um, what's that going to look like? Um, they what's, don't have a lot of credit, I think, either. No, probably and their they're university the hole with, the, with the stadium, yeah. the stadium yeah. rebuild. And I don't know if that's campus or athletics, but it's whatever it is. It's a huge hole for the university. Um, but and that's that's just Pac-12. Like if I was walking away from this, I would say you know the Pac-12 will probably walk out okay. But there are going to be schools. Um, I mean, Boise State's in real trouble. They've had to cut a bunch of sports already. Um, they had to. They were immediately furloughing coaches within the first month of this whole thing. Um, if if you were not operating at a really good financial clip before this, and you don't have the backing of you know UCLA, which even if it got into desperate situations, UCLA has really wealthy donors too who can help um, and can backstop a little bit of this. But um, some schools don't, and some schools have not been running. I've not been running their athletic departments as like real profit making enterprises. And it's going to show really badly here if, um, if football gets canceled in a major way across the country. And then another thing, it gives UCLA a little bit of time to really figure out what uniforms they're going to be wearing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are we, are we starting a sewing circle? What are we doing guys out there, <laughs> bro? <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, that, that might not be too far fetched. Yeah. Anyone out there who can design design, you know, a uniform. Yeah, cuz Under Armour did not make its delivery on July 1st, correct? At least as far as we know. Um, you know, UCLA will not comment because obviously there is there are legal issues. Um, I've had a source that said they did. I've had a source that said he or she doesn't know that they did. So it's pretty mum right now about it, actually. That's great. Yeah. Great. Um, the one source said he he thinks it's going to happen, but it's going to be delayed. So I don't know. I don't know. There, that's that's a big thing. What will they be wearing? Yeah. We already did our whole thing about the Jordan brand. So yeah. Yeah. No, but and I mean, how- I, I I don't I can't sew really well. Um, I can. I did a stitching project when I was in kindergarten. Um, it was a little tree. Um, through some You're more qualified than, than most people. Yeah. I mean, I can, I mean, I've got good genes too. My grandmother used to make Afghans. Um, so, you know, I can, I could probably just, you know, into my genetic memory, I could probably um, figure out how to crochet. Do you think they'd like wow. to wear, wear crocheted uniforms? <laughs> uh, I, that would be, that would be kind of fun. Lightweight it, it but really warm. Would. That's yeah. what I would say. That would be the pitch. Lightweight but warm. So and if it's there, a spring season, if it's an early spring season, say they start in February, you might want a crocheted uniform. Yeah. A little bit of, I mean, good natural ventilation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, perfect for Southern California in February. Um, so there's that. We could go on talking about crocheted uniforms. Um, I think maybe we should veer away from that. Um, okay. Okay. Fine, fine, fine. It's yeah, sensitive. Yeah. Sensitive. No, it's, sensitive. it's a really sensitive topic, and I understand how it can make people. Um, you know, they they get up in arms about things like that. I mean, what's Dave, the, what's the I mean, best technique for sewing a uniform? This is just another thing. I'm going to get a bunch of private messages about Dave. Thanks. I know. Just people, just pissed. Pissed. 
I'm canceling my subscription. <laughs> I am not selling a crochet needle. Um, so wait, so basketball, yes. This, uh, I, yeah, I, maybe, maybe, you know, I think I'm a pretty critically thinking kind of guy, but, and maybe it's just my, maybe it's getting a little skewed in <laughs> my thinking, but I, I think basketball has a chance. Um, as you said, they delayed a little bit more. They have a little bit more information of how to do it. I think it's more manageable in terms of people. Uh, I think it's doable. So I'm just going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep the fire burning for a basketball season. Yeah. And I think it's, the thing is, I think um, we're getting like, and we get very like focused on the sports of it all. And I think what this is showing because we've been talking about, it, all right, what's the thing that's going to stop the season as of like one or two months ago? And we were saying, well, we can't imagine there's much appetite for lockdowns anymore. So it's going to be, you know, if something really heinous happens, like if a kid dies or whatever of COVID. And it didn't it, it's not turning out that that's the case, that it's not at that level yet. And I think the 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 what we're seeing now is there's not going to be sports when the situation is as bad as it is like when the when the state when the countrywide situation is as bad as it is right now there's not going to be sports so as much there might be happy talk leading into the college basketball season too but i would just you know keep your critical thinking cap on remember how this went because we're in we're still in mid-july we're still a month and a half away from when the season would have started um and the football programs are saying nope can't do it um, you know, basketball teams, I think they would have started practicing by now, correct? If um, they would have started their individuals and all that kind of stuff. Individuals. Yeah. Uh, yes. They, they, the last recent years, they have a summer workout. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, that, that clock is going to start ticking here pretty soon. Um, yeah, but you know what, Dave? You can – it's not – football, you need you – need, before you start a season, you need a month. In basketball, I mean, how long do you really need to get the guys? I mean, the thing is, you can play basketball at a competent level without injuring yourself when you're out of shape. I mean, you're gonna be, you're gonna be garbage, but you can play it. Football, if you're out of shape, you could really get hurt. Like you could really, like if you're not, if you're not running at top speed, if you're not, you know, physically prepared for the hitting, like all that kind of stuff, you could get yourself really hurt. Basketball's not the same way. Granted. Right. But you still need a certain number of practices before the thing starts. And, yes, they'll be able to delay it longer than football. Football, they had to make the decision, I mean, a full month and a half out, to not have conference play. SEC might wait a couple of weeks still to announce it, but they're making the same call. Um, basketball. I, I just think that call is a lot more nimble. You, you could literally – I think they could keep putting it off, putting it off, and say, okay, two weeks, let's go. You get two weeks. Yes, but the thing is, are you going to want to, or are you going to want to reschedule it? I mean, are you going to want to push the whole thing? Um, and that's that's where it's going to get into all this stuff. But I think what I main point was, if you're seeing the pandemic, the the situation countrywide looking like this again in October, then uh, you know, critical thinking cap on, start hoping for a spring season uh, for basketball as well, um, because it's just the situation is going to be dictated by national events, not necessarily what the preferences of athletic directors and conference, um, you know, CEO types are, are really thinking. Right. Interesting too. I mean, uh, getting back just one touching on uh, one little bit of football, the grad transfers, Britton Brown, Quantrez Knight. Um, they just tweeted out football, uh, UCLA football and Britton Brown that welcome to the Bruin family. And I know Quantrez Knight was coming to campus uh, this week. Uh, those guys, what are they thinking? Okay, we had one more year. We had a, a we were grad transfers, so we're already kind of a year <laughs> a, a year over our college career, kind of. And yeah. now they're going to hold out again. I mean, I, a lot of the grad transfers across the country aren't guys who – there might be some who could be NFL draft candidates, but a lot of them will not be. They need to play another season. 
So, wow. I mean, just think about that situation for them. They're, they're going into a new university, knowing really no one, being locked down, starting a train for a season that's not going to happen, starting a grad transfer thing, not knowing are you really going to play, let's say you know it gets postponed to spring, to play a season in, in April. Ah, wow. I mean, yeah, it would be tough. it would be tough on those on those. Yeah, teams. I mean, and that'll be. I mean, all these guys will be essentially six years. Um, which yeah. that's just. It, it's going to be interesting because they'll be they'll have you know there'll be a little bit more of that um, grown man element in college football. You know, this guy sticking around, kind of like everyone's BYU. Exactly, exactly. Everyone's a little bit more BYU. It's all interesting because, I mean, and, like, look, knock on wood. I think we're all knocking on wood. There's also a chance that when you get to spring, I mean, hopefully there's a vaccine and all that kind of stuff. But when you get to spring, it's like, oh, this isn't viable either. I mean, I have I think Pete Thamel did a thing in Yahoo Sports where he was quoting some athletic directors who were saying, I think it's more likely that we're in the same boat next year for fall sports um, than we have any kind of football this fall. Um, right. Like more likely that we are going to have to make the same awful decision next fall. And I think that's probably a little that that's even <laughs> that's a little pessimistic even for my tastes. Um, but I think wow. there's a chance. I think Yeah, I know. Okay. I think there is a chance. I thought you'd get a little sunny moving yeah, back to California. Maybe. But, uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it just takes a that's while to set in. Uh, well, no, this is the thing. This is my usual football optimism time and I'm not allowed that's it. True. So I'm that's having true. to really tamp down a lot of stuff. But um I do think it's realistic that a spring season also proves too problematic, too non-viable, host of issues. You know, we're going to be heading into flu season. That could create a whole host of complications on top of the Rona. Nothing really to be just there is a chance that a spring season also wouldn't happen. Um, So you're going to have potentially like a Britton Brown not playing until fall of next year. Exactly. Um, True, like true sixth years. Um, Yeah. So it's and, exactly. And now, if we're talking about interesting decisions to be made, Chris Smith. Oh yeah. Wow. I mean, let's let's just pile on his his factors in his decision. Could there be a college basketball season? Um, could there be an NBA season? Will there be a G League? And by the way, in parentheses, I've heard it's very unlikely there will be a G League. He has to, I would assume, be hearing the same thing. Um, what does he do? So I think there is... It's So much is going to depend on what happens with the... So when does he have to decide? Is it August now? August, Yeah, August 2nd. Yep. So you're not really going to know a whole lot about how viable the NBA season is at that point. Because the NBA season is scheduled to what? Tip off end of July? Yeah. So you're not going to know if that really carries forward when you make your call. You're just going right. to know, okay, they maybe started the season. Um right. So you're banking on whatever that looks like that you'd be able – because basically the, the calculus for him has to be – well, I want to play, so do I have a more likely chance of playing in the NBA or G League or getting paid um, by the NBA or G League or um, stick in college and potentially not play until spring, the earliest? I don't know, man. That that decision, well, I mean, the decision got, tree there yeah. is so difficult. So difficult. A lot of limbs on that thing. You have to think he's closer to a two-way deal guy, right, than a guaranteed deal. Yeah, totally. So, so no G League. If there's no G League, <laughs> and, and that's that's a big factor that you would play that first year in the G League and there's not going to be one, would you rather then roll the dice that the college basketball season is in some way going to be played and you could really improve your draft stock? Yeah, that's... I yeah I I think the I think you got to almost throw out everything else and just make your decision based off the factors that were available to you before everything kind of went to hell um and I think it comes down to basically the same stuff haven't really had chance to showcase myself to the level that I would need to get drafted high um everything else is speculative 
you know, I want to have a long NBA career. And I think for him, it just makes more sense to come back. Now, that, that could end up blowing up in his face. It could end up the NBA plays two full seasons before college basketball plays a season. Like, that could happen. Um, but I don't think you can prepare for these extreme eventualities. I think you just have to kind of make the decision that's best. And look, it's going to be weird for everyone. This whole time is going to make – there's just so many things. I mean, you just think a little bit about so many different things. But I was thinking recently about Mike Trout's baseball career, right? On pace to be like the best baseball player ever, right? Best uh, – okay. Pretty close, right? Up okay. there with like Mays or whatever. whatever you I'm want glad to you said Willie Mays first. Um, okay. Now you have credibility with me. You hadn't. You hadn't up until this. I moment. was going with comps, and, and that's a, fifteen years that we spent, and you got credibility right now because you said Willie Mays. That's, okay, that's a good comp for our boy Mike Trout. Okay, but um, he's probably not going to play this year. I think that's a lot of the speculation right now. Um, and this is a year of his prime, like his absolute, like this is going to be his power hitting prime, and he's probably going to miss it. Um. What is that going to like? It's going to be like the World War Two years when you're going back. And I was going to say like that Willie, Willie, Willie Mays played in, in World War Two. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be like that. I where played. you look back on it, and you say, "Oh wow, if he had played that season or those seasons, wow, what would his stats have been?" But it's going to be like that across the board. You're going to have so many guys get into the NBA at like 24 who would have previously gotten in at like 22 because they right. stayed around in college for another year. Um, and there's going to be a lot of that. You're going to get the NFL draft class that comes out that year that follows this where we'll have some weird sixth year seniors way more than usual. Um, there's just going to be some interesting ramifications, I think, of this whole process that are just hard to foresee. And I think for a guy like Chris Smith, you just kind of have to lean back and say, what were the reasons before? Have those reasons fundamentally changed? Am I good enough to get drafted in the first two rounds? Maybe. Like, Maybe. Um, and if I'm not, am I going to get paid to play basketball next year? Hard to say. Another thing to take in consideration, Chris Smith is still very young. He's not like, he's 20. (laughs) It's not like some guy who started college, uh, first was kept back in high school and it, you know, is 24. And if he waits, the longer he waits, the older he gets and the NBA teams know this. And that's less potential. He's still a young kid with a lot ahead of him. So I don't know. Right now it's it's way too hard to call, and I think it's probably way too hard for him to call. You're right. He, he's got, what, three weeks about? Not even that. Wow. Maybe, yeah, almost about three weeks before he's going to have to make a decision. So tough. Um. Speaking of basketball, it's been um, I, just touching on recruiting football and basketball. We've seen how the lockdown has benefited UCLA football recruiting. Uh, I wrote a big, long thing that analyzes the whole thing. Talked to our illustrious 24-7 sports experts. Got their input on why, in so many ways, football has benefited. Um, one, I'd like to just drill down and focus on one element of it because then I can compare it to basketball. Uh, a lot of it is that local players in the L.A. area or West Coast are a little leery about leaving, going far away during in this environment, this landscape, where we are with COVID-19. That has hurt UCLA because they're, it's a really bad year for talent. Um, just 2021, there are very few... UCLA level players in Southern California. So they've had to go out of state. Um, so there isn't that element. Like I'd like to stay close to home. Um, they had that element with Johnny Juzang. <laughs> I mean, that was probably one of the bigger right. reasons why he committed to UCLA, but it's, it's not happening with the 2021 class um, for UCLA basketball. And that's kind of a shame because they had a lot of buzz coming off of that season. Uh, and their 2021 recruiting right now is kind of a little bit on hold just because, uh, you know, they've offered about eight or nine guys. Well, a little bit more, but let's say that they're involved seriously still with about eight or nine guys. Um, they need a big, big priority. They need some kind of another combo guard or, or a lead guard, point guard. And then the next available. Um, 
but they not being able to see any recruits during the spring and summer evaluation periods, it's, it's really hard to go out and offer anyone beyond those eight or nine guys. They did offer, um, uh, the point guard from Washington who is now just transferred. Um, that's the one guy they offered during our, our lockdown here. Um, there haven't been any others, and it will be very interesting to see if they soon do have to pivot and offer a few more guys without having seen them. Uh, there are some events that are going to be like the Pangos All-American Camp has been moved to August. It's usually in May. That's a local one in Southern California, but it attracts talent from all over the country, amazingly enough, because it's the Pangos All-American Hey, there! What am I talking about? There is an apparel supplier right there, Pangos. Wow! You remember Pangos' wow. shoes? Remember those shoes? And the ones that fell apart? That blew up on the court. Yeah. <laughs> Dino Trigonos is going to hunt me down and kill me. Um, <laughs> he will. That's not. That's not. An no, he will kill you. I'm sorry. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, they. Uh, that's that's been postponed. Moved to. August and they are going to stream that live. So maybe we're, you know, we're a few weeks away from that. Maybe UCLA will move on some guys after that, but just really bad timing. UCLA benefited from a lot of local guys. Uh, they got some out of state guys too, but they benefited from local guys and UCLA basketball, just bad luck because it, if there had been a really a number of UCLA level guys in Southern California, they probably would be looking pretty good right now. So, right. Uh, interesting how it all how it all works, Dave. It is interesting how it all works, um, and yeah. that kind of leads me into talking about a story that I wrote today. Um, that UCLA has offered just three, count them, three twenty twenty two prospects. Those are rising juniors in football. Three at this That's time last great. year. This time, I mean, this is a conservative offering kind of program, we know. But this time last year, they had offered maybe 15, maybe a little bit more. Uh, the process was to go out to see them during the May evaluation period. You can go and see, and then they evaluate, then they offer. And to see some guys who were in their camps in June. Um, without that, they have not offered a 2022 prospect in months. Definitely not during the pandemic. Um Comparatively, uh, Stanford, which always under-offers UCLA. UCLA is one a, a program that offers, uh, among the programs in the country, that offers the least amount every year since Chip Kelly's been coach. Stanford might be the number one yeah. <laughs> uh, program that offers the least amount. In, for 2021, this current cycle, UCLA's offered 85, Stanford's offered 58. So now you see just how more conservative Stanford is about offering. So as I said, in 2022, UCLA's offered three, and the Cardinal has offered 18 2022 prospects, and all of those, or most of them, have been during the lockdown. So UCLA needs, I mean, I know they want, they've got their process, and it's a slow, deliberate one, and you go through every checkpoint on it, but they they have to do something and it was really illustrated with Jake Taylor uh the younger brother of current UCLA redshirt freshman offensive lineman Bo Taylor garnering all of these pretty you know big name offers SC Michigan Oklahoma Penn State um he's been going to UCLA's campus for 2 years because of his brother they knew about him UCLA's been recruiting him they have family ties, the whole thing, and they haven't offered him while all these other programs are. Maybe, maybe it would be good to take an exception here and maybe offer him. I know, right? it, it's it, it's interesting to me. If you're assuming that they are like really trying to be, you know, cognizant of the national picture, it's an interesting strategy to me to revise your process such that you're offering even fewer people like the 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 revision i would make if i can't go see people in person and i can't evaluate them as well would 
probably be to cast the net a little bit wider at this initial point because you're not I mean you want to pull the draw from if when you get and hopefully that happens this fall you get to some point where you can actually see them in person um that you've actually made connections with them because it's going to have to be by definition kind of backwards the way they would want it because they're not going to be able to see a lot of these guys in person that they haven't already seen so you would think okay start with more offers and then we can pare it down on guys we get seriously involved with you know the way i mean in reality that's the way most programs work they offer a bunch and then they start to pare it down over time um and ucla hasn't done it that way but this situation seems like it almost forces that and it's it's very interesting to me that they seem to be going the opposite way so what you just said makes complete sense to me also, but I am just going to throw out some factors. And in their mind, they have a process that they have to go through. Um, that process increases the chances that they're going to get a guy who fits UCLA that, that uh, optimizes his chances of being a good player, a productive player at UCLA. They would have to leapfrog some of those some of those points of the evaluation and vetting, right? So yeah. that's what they're thinking is. Plus, I mean, as I pointed out in the article, they don't – I don't want to say this in a completely derogatory way, but they don't do two things at once very well. I mean, they like in recruiting. They do one class, then they kind of move on to the next class. So this is them really stepping out of their whole process that they do. Um I think maybe it was also anticipating that, well, we can get we can put 2022 on hold because everything's going to get put on hold. But the opposite has been true. Re- recruits, especially in 2021, have been committing quicker because it, first, when it all happened, everyone, you know, most of the recruits said, oh, I want to wait to see if I can take visits. And they started to understand they couldn't. So they go, damn, other people are committing. I don't want to lose my spot on my number one team. So I'll commit. So. It's it's accelerated the the cycle in my opinion. So they've got to get that mindset that this is all being accelerated to go coincide with what you're saying. You've got to instead of freezing it, you've got to go the other way. You've got to quicken your pace. And then you think about like what's the downside? Let's say you offer 20 guys. Most of those guys are going to be elite prospects. I mean in not only your mind, but in other programs' minds, most of them aren't going to immediately snatch up uh, an offer right at that moment, a UCLA offer. I mean, the other element, UCLA is coming off of two losing seasons. You know, it's not necessarily they have a lot of cachet that they're going to just offer a guy and he's going to commit. So, yeah, maybe you get some evaluations out there that lead you to an early offer that maybe later you reevaluate wasn't an accurate offer. We don't think that guy is that good of a prospect, but it kind of uh, the fact that you're going to get the offers out there and what that does for a recruitment kind of the upside outweighs the downside. So I it's, this is, I've got to tell you, we've been, We've been thinking there have been a lot of head-scratching things when it comes to UCLA football recruiting under Chip Kelly. This is right up there. Yeah. Um, you would think that they would just at least – this isn't like they've offered 10 guys or 15. USC, which over-offers, admittedly, has offered 130 guys in the 2022 class. Most programs, Oregon's probably right there. Most Pac-12, I, I would bet Utah's at 20-plus. I mean, it says a lot when Stanford is at 18 to 20. I mean, it is it, UCLA is locked down on three. So something has to change on that, or they will fall behind in recruiting. Because no matter what, no matter what, whoever offers you early – has an impact. Uh, a, a lot of kids remember their who the team was that offered them first. It means something to them, and who was off them on them to the beginning. It means that hey, these coaches really recognize my talent early on, right? Right. And yeah. that means a lot to these kids. 
Um, don't discount that. Uh, we've seen some arguments on the on the bro forum that said, does it really impact recruiting? It does. Not in every recruitment. Some of them will say, yeah, it's okay. They're recruiting me hard this whole time. I'm fine. But for most recruitments, it does impact the recruitment. Yeah, they're kids. I mean, yeah. whatever. It's And whatever their decision... You have to adapt to their decisions. Not like you're going to change their way of making decisions. Right. Um, okay. But re- really interesting, though. Don't you think they... Yeah, a little mini crisis in the midst of our big one. Maybe we can all just focus on this one instead and worry about the scary one later. And I think since we did the story and we're talking about it now, I think UCLA is going to go contrary and just not offer anyone just to spite us. Don't you think? <laughs> That'd be funny. I, I'd, I'd respect that as a uh, – I'd respect that more than this being a plan. Like if it was just out of spite. Like I, I respect that. I respect having a vendetta. That'd be fine. Okay. Um, okay. But I can't I can't respect bad thinking, you know. But vendetta, sure. What the hell? Okay. Okay. So a vendetta isn't bad thinking. Well, a vendetta, I think, can be born out of a place of emotion, but you're freely acknowledging it's not a a thinking position, right? Right. But, like, having a bad, like, poorly thought out plan, like, that's just, you know, that's sad. Vendetta, though, that can be, you know, that's Shakespearean. That's fine. And, I mean, uh, I just have to repeat, Jake Taylor, they've known about this kid for two years. They've had him in, they had him in camp last summer. He's Bo Taylor's younger brother. He's been to games. He's been a campus. They've been recruiting him. Wouldn't you just take a little bit of a flyer on this one? No. That's, I, I don't even know. I, that's, that might just be absolute stubbornness, I think. They've got a process. They've got their process, Tracy. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Thanks um, for setting me straight. <laughs> you know what? I think I like our vendetta. I think that's the idea. That's yeah. what's really happening there. Right. So we're part of the problem. Yeah. I, I've, I've often thought that we're part of the problem. Yeah, me too. Um, in many in many different oh, aspects of, of life and society. In so many ways. In so many ways. Uh, okay. Wow. That, no, I'm done. Yeah. I don't. That was, yeah. that was fun, though. Was it? Welcome to our country. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be back in the in the great state. In the great state. California. Yeah. Yeah, California is probably more uh, conducive and in line with your lifestyle, probably. Uh, sure. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to go down any. <laughs> yeah, that could go down a really. Weird yeah, I don't path want to right go there. down any bad roads. No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm game. You know. I know that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruno Part <laughs> Online, and we'll talk to you again next time. Stay safe out there, guys.